εις το όνομα του Πατρός και του Υιού και του Υιού Πνεύματος, αμήν. Πάτε δημόν, ο εντής ουρανής, αγιαστήτω το όνομά σου, ελθέτω η βασιλεία σου, γεννηθήτω το θέλημά σου, ως εν ουρανό και επί της γης, τον άρτον ημών των επιούσιων, δώσ' ημιν σήμερον, και άφεσ' ημιν τα οφηλήματα ημών, ως και ημίς αφίεμεν τσι οφηλέτες ημών, και μη εις ενέγγιση μας εις πειρασμών, αλλά ρίσα ημάς από του πονηρού. On behalf of the Drassi Committee, I would like to warmly welcome everybody here tonight. The 2021 seminar series organized by the Greek Orthodox Christian Society has been an opportunity to reconnect and interact with each other. The theme of the series, Oh God, you are my protector, your mercy shall go before me, from <coughs> Psalm 59, is pertinent as we have all been challenged, perhaps spiritually, physically, even financially, as we have faced the uncertainty of the prolonged lockdown and restrictions over the past few months. And in these difficult times, our loving Lord has not neglected us. We have been blessed to have a series of short talks and seminars presented by hierarchs and clergy of our archdiocese, all of which have renewed, uplifted, and reminded us of the true spiritual treasures that we find in our Orthodox faith. And these seminars have certainly been well received as seen in the numbers that have joined us here tonight and also in the previous talks. Before we start the talk, our Trito and B2, Giclo and Enosi groups have put together a virtual choir recording. The first song has the title Chara Stamatia. It is an excellent choice for tonight's talk because the lyrics describe the many spiritual gifts that are bestowed on those who show love and compassion to their neighbor. The second song that we're going to hear um, is called Trianda Chronia Patriarchias, and it was composed specially for the 30th anniversary of the enthronement of the Patriarch Bartholomew, and is performed by the Greek Orthodox Christian Society Choir. So we're in for a treat. Um, we can now play those songs. Thank you. 
Sikharitiria again to all of our young people that participated in the filming and the recording of that song and several other songs for the presentation um, last night. Very well done. It's now time for me to introduce our speaker for tonight, Father Dimitri Kokinos. I know you all know him, but for those of you that don't, he is the parish priest at the Church of St. Ioannis in Parramatta. He's been part of the Greek Orthodox Christian Society since a child, attending Sunday school or mother, and then taking an active role in our mission work as a Sunday school teacher and as an mother leader. He was ordained to the priesthood by the late Archbishop Silianos and has served as parish priest at St. Ioannis for over 10 years. The title of his talk is taken from 1 Thessalonians, Comfort One Another, taking on the suffering of others and the power of prayer. As a priest, as a father, as a confessor, and as a medical practitioner, he offers a unique perspective on this topic, and we look forward to hearing what he has to share with us. Thank you, Father Dimitri. Okay. Um, I'm very honored to give this talk. I was very moved to hear the both the songs. The, the first song really probably was, is better than my talk. Um, and it was sung with a lot of feeling and therefore um, I think puts my talk to shame. And, and the second presentation was just amazing. The whole of yesterday evening was beautiful. And I have to say, Enosin Kiklo um, starred beautifully and I think moved all of us to the bone and it's it's beautiful how um, we are being encouraged to be close to the mother church to the church of uh, the, to the patriarch and the, the patriarchate because this is this is who we are um, I just move the slides uh, sorry Uh, um, I wanted to use the arrows, but that. Oh, yeah. Keyboard. Should work. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, I'll just go back a bit. Yeah, I, I was asked to talk on comfort one another, uh, taking on the suffering of others, and the power of prayer. On the power of prayer, I don't have any slides. I'm going to, I didn't feel a need to present any slides on the power of prayer because of something we've all experienced in the last week or two. Uh, I might, depending on how we're going, I might comment on it at the end of the talk. Um, but the rest of the title, Comfort One Another, 
taking on the suffering of others. I've interpreted as being asked to talk on love of neighbor. Um, the talks, I think I've been to all the Zoom talks that NOC has organized the last few weeks, and they've all been very, very good and, and very impressive. And I'm a bit feeling a bit guilty that my talk is going to be very basic and very simple. Um, and I often feel the lack, the lack of theological rigor, and I never did formal theology training. And, and um, but um, I don't feel all that bad because I think sometimes if we're reminded of things that we already know, that's not, that's a that's a quite a good thing as well. Um, I struggle. Mo most of the slides I'm going to put up uh, quotes from either the scriptures or or, or um, abbots or spiritual people um, or saints. This one is my own um, design. Um, and I just felt a need to introduce this talk by presenting a concept, which I'm struggling to know how to present. To be honest, what's really on my mind is something that really resonated with me. I was many years ago, I was on a boat leaving Mount Athos and I was having a very pleasant chat with a monk. And he said to me, there are many roads to God. But I decided not to write that in my slide because I'm a little bit fearful I'll be criticized as being an ecumenist or uh, supporting pantheism, um, even though I'm not. So I thought I'd try and express this concept in a different way. And I've expressed it as follows. Our calling in, on this earth is to come to communion with Christ. The purpose of life is to come closer to Christ, to be close to Christ for eternity, to get to heaven. And nothing is more important. And that is the purpose of life, to come to know Christ. But having said that, many people have different specific sort of callings. Um, in fact, all of what I'm going to present applies to all of us, but certain, certain people have certain, certain um, callings that are a bit more prominent than others. For example, some are called to a, a life of leaving the world, of, of, of asceticism, fighting the passions, and growing in prayer. And I guess um, um, what I, what's in the back of my mind when I say this is those that have been called to monasticism, monks and nuns. But of course, having said that, we're all called to fight the passions, to be attentive. Um, when kakilo is me, when bad negative thoughts come into our head of judging others or anger or resentment or, or uh, lust or, or whatever it is, to be um, ascetical about it. And to, um, and to grow in prayer. And then all the things I'm going to mention from now on, prayer is essential. And we do need a degree of detachment. Um, if, if we fall in love with this world, that's a big problem. Others, I, I can't help but think that there's people I've known in my journeys through life that it, it, you can't help but thinking that it's, that's, it is their patience that will lead them to heaven. Sometimes, they have some chronic difficult disease and they're really suffering. They may have to care for a, someone who is very demanding 
and, and they're called upon to be amazingly patient. And there are people who maybe aren't in the limelight, but you can't help think of this person's patience uh, will get them, will lead them to heaven. This is their calling. Um, some in a very real way, I mean, we're all called to, to witness to Christ, to bring others to Christ, um, through our example and through our words. Um, and especially in a beautiful aspect of Enosin Kiklo is this calling to, to bring others to Christ. And it's a very beautiful work. But of course, there are some that devote their whole life to this. They may become missionaries in other countries or even here in Sydney, they give themselves in a very big way to the mission work of Enosio Kiklo uh, and are very busy with that. And that, is, and that too is a road to heaven. Some um, strive, they become, they study theology, they strive to um, guard the purity of the Orthodox faith. And that is a very holy work um, and a calling, a calling of Christ. Um, but the reason I've said all this is that I think a lot of us, uh, all of the things I mentioned up until now is our calling. Definitely we need to grow in prayer and definitely we need to be patient. All of us need to um, bring others to Christ. All of us are called to do that. All of us are called to study uh, the, the, the teachings of scriptures and the church fathers and, and to, to know the teachings of our church well. But for many of us, a big part of our calling on this earth is a calling of love. Uh, and I feel this uh, because we live in families or we live with other people or we work and we deal with other people, sometimes difficult people, um, sometimes challenging people. And I think for many of us, love and tolerance and, and, and selflessness and unhypocritical love is our calling to Christ. And the scriptures, of course, are full of it. Um, and many, I, I could have quoted, I could have quoted many, many passages. Our, our Lord himself, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this will know, by this all will know that you are my disciples, if you love, if you have love for one another. Someone can, someone who doesn't know we're Christians um, may get to know us and they see our love and then they suspect that we're devout. And it's beautiful when that happens. There are many, but let brotherly love continue. Our Lord himself, when his two disciples asked him for, um, to be high up in the kingdom, he said, you know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them. They are pushy, they are bossy, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. For all of us, but for many of us in particular, um, a high calling is selfless love, a life of service expecting nothing in return just to give. 
um, and the great won't be those in the limelight who are high up in the eyes of society, but are those who serve. Um, he who, whoever desires to be great among you shall be your servant. Uh, we had a we have a little Bible study at my parish, and it's just a small group, but the discussion can be quite fiery sometimes. And we were reading a passage on anger that was talking about um, anger can be linked to egoism and self-love. And somehow the example came up of, um, you know, why do we get angry? And sometimes it's because we feel entitled. We have pride. Um, we may think my, uh, the, the example someone gave is that, I think I gave it actually, is that um, I may think I'm more important than others in my home. And so if I have to wash more dishes than others or do more housework, I feel resent, resentment because I feel entitled. I feel that I'm more important than others. So deep down that's pride and this may lead to anger. And someone who's very honest in our group talked about, but that's not fair if, if someone does more than their fair share. Um, and it's got, got, got to become a lively discussion. And we tried to get across the concept that of, of what St. Paisios often talked about of fear dikeosini divine justice versus human justice. This is the, a Christian concept that some find difficult to understand that by giving, even if it's unfair, even if you do more than your fair share, even if, um, even if you get tired, he who wants to save his life will lose it. And he who is willing to lose his life for the sake of the gospel will gain it. This Christian paradox of when we love and we serve and we don't put attention or emphasis on, if I don't put an emphasis on my needs, my entitlements, but I just want to serve, we actually end up happier. If we don't have this spirit, rather we have a spirit of selfishness and, and feeling entitled and, and emphasizing my needs, um, we actually lose out on life. Um, our Lord said, Beloved, and this is really deep, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. He's saying no one has seen the essence of God. But if we love then God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. So passages like this, and there's others similar, are linking communion with God. This, this verses talk about God abides in us with love. That through love, we come to come to communion with Christ, with God. This is deep and this is huge. In, in, the, in, the, in the epistle of John, the same author who wrote the gospel, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Again, linking the love of God with love of brother. Our brother, we can see the essence of God we cannot see. 
we can experience the the energies of God, but not the essence of God. And but through love, through serving our fellow man, we come to communion with Christ, with the Holy Trinity, with prayer, of course, as well. Um, acts of self-sacrifice, unhypocritical love, humility, love, selflessness, and rich prayer. And we come to communion with Christ. I've chosen a few things from Elder Ephraim, blessed be his memory, uh, because he tends to be quite concise in the way he expresses himself. He said, he who has true love has God. Whoever does not have love does not have God in himself. The Holy Fathers say, if you have seen your brother, you have seen God. Your salvation depends on your brother. One comes across this again and again in patristic texts, that through love we come to know Christ. That the journey to God goes to our fellow man. Um, in somewhere else, Elder Ephraim said, the holy monastic fathers of old walked the path of salvation effortlessly because they sacrificed everything so that they would not fall away from love. Love was their goal in life. The foundations of the house shake when we do not lay the foundation of love well. Uh, so the St. Paisius used to talk about, I, can't remember, I couldn't find the exact quote, but my, my vague memory is that love and humility are shortcuts to heaven. They would ask him, you know, Father, I, I, I fast strictly. I go to vigils. I go to all the church services. But I'm not making spiritual progress. And he would say, it's because you don't have humility. And similarly with love. If we have love, then the, our foundations are strong. If we don't have love, um, it's very difficult to grow spiritually. He said, Elder Ephraim said, compel yourself, my Christ, for the sake of your soul, compel yourself to comfort the brethren. With the title of our talk, to comfort others. And the Lord will comfort you. Have patience, have patience. Let everyone treat you like dirt and he will give you his grace. Because we have pride, if someone treats us like dirt, we get angry or we're resentful or we might even be depressed. But such, such texts from, from, um, from um, monastics and so on encourage us to be truly humble and just love and expect nothing. And even if they treat us like dirt, to continue serving and comforting our brothers and sisters. He said, my child, just do your duty. If others do not obey, leave it to God and be at peace. Will the devil go out perhaps to the mountains to create temptations? He goes wherever people are striving for their salvation. The demons go to those who are striving spiritually. And he brings these problems, these scandals, you know, you're trying hard with someone to help them spiritually. Might even be a family member or someone we care about. And they just ignore us and they, they, they don't listen to our advice. And that really can really hurt. Um, but he's saying, he says, well, just do your duty. They don't obey. Just surrender this matter to God, to prayer. And be at peace. Carry the burden of the brethren. This is from, from the Apostle Paul, like, like you said, the title of this talk. 
Um, and even if they don't respond, we just carry that burden. Um, they may, we may even cross our mind that they're manipulating us and, um, and um, unfairly treating us and we do more work than them or whatever it is. Um, we need to fight those thoughts and just have the spirit of service. God rewards everyone justly. God sees our sacrifices. We don't need the thank yous and the gratitude of men and women. Um, the time will come when you will see how much he will give you for the pains you went through to look after so many souls. Labor in this world, keep helping, and you will never be deprived of God's help. Pray that God will make you strong in patience, discernment, enlightenment, etc. Just think what the, son, what the fathers went through to save others. It is no small matter you are helping the others. So start showing patience and bravery and say, I'm ready to die in the battle, helping my brother to be saved. But God will not let me perish since I am doing it for the sake of his love. Some of you are Sunday school teachers or take fellowships and sometimes you may be disheartened. The children or the teenagers may not be responding. Um, you sacrifice for them and they just laugh or they don't seem to, um, they, they fall astray. It can be very disheartening. But he's saying here, do your duty. God sees our sacrifices and sends his grace. And you never know what you've said, what you've done in your or mother lessons, in your Sunday school, in your, when you take them on outings. One day, this may have an impact on them. You don't know how the matter will end. He said, abide in the bond of mutual love, for love is the beginning and the end, the foundation. It is on love towards God and your brothers that all the law and the prophets hang, is quoting Christ himself. Without love, he said, he now he's quoting the famous um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Without love, we are a clanging symbol, a big zero. He's paraphrasing 1 Corinthians 13. According to the Apostle Paul, even if we give our body to be burnt for Christ and distribute our body, our belongings to the poor and mortify our life with us, harsh askeses for Christ, yet lack love, we have accomplished nothing. These are the words of the Apostle Paul and Elder Ephraim is highlighting them. Whatever we do, even if we're very strict in our fasts and, and church attendance, of course, we, these things help us a lot. But if we don't have love, we gain nothing. But of course, what I've been saying now, it's important is not theoretical. Um, we do need to get out of our comfort zone, like that beautiful song that was sung at the beginning of this session, um, talked about very beautifully and with a lot of feeling. Um, we need to um, do things for other people. And even if we're tired, even if we'd rather stay home and relax or, um, you know, to make that phone call or, or whatever it is that, that the person needs. Um, a book I've been reading lately sort of contrasts self-pity with the teaching of Christ. It says, if you want to follow me, deny yourself. We can have this self-pity um, rather than getting out of our shell and just, um, in fact, if we serve, and, and if we have a life of self-sacrifice, this can help our own problems as well. This can lead to our own healing. And in general, to be there for our fellow man. Uh, 
the, the brother of the Lord James put it very beautifully. If a brother or sister, this is James chapter two, if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, you know, be blessed, or depart in peace, be warmed and filled, I'll pray for you. Um, it's good to pray for them. Um, but we say, depart in peace, be warmed and filled. But do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? It's very practical. Um, it's good to pray for people. Um, but, you know, if they need something, if they're starving or they need someone to talk to, um, then we need to be there for them, even if we think we have more important things to do or whatever it is. Um, the Wisdom of Sirach is, a, to my shame, a book I've only finished reading recently, for the first time in my life. Difficult book. It's a bit Old Testament-ish in some concepts, but there's absolute gems in it. Um, he talks about um, three beautiful things. Because the reason I'm saying this is we've talked about love and serving, but I want to say a few things about where do we show this love? And the first place needs to be um, in our families, in the people that are close to us. My soul takes pleasure in three things. It's this Old Testament book, um, which you can find in the Orthodox study Bible. It's not in the Protestant Bible and so on. It's a beautiful book. My soul takes pleasure in three things, and they are beautiful in the sight of the Lord and of men. Agreement between brothers, friendship between neighbors, and interestingly, a husband and a wife well adjusted together. These three beautiful things that give pleasure to life. Um, so where do we show our love and our selflessness and our forgiveness and our tolerance? First of all, in our own homes, in our own marriage, you know, with our own children or our parents or brothers or sisters or Kubari or our neighbors, as he says, or our brothers and sisters in Christ, in Enosin Kiplo, in, in our parishes, those that we're close to, we need to be there for them. And that's very holy. And it's also, very, also I need to say, it's very difficult to be, you know, we can hide in, in our work or outside our families, we can pretend we're someone we're not. But in our own families, our, um, you know, our, our faults do come through. Um, it's very hard to hide who we truly are. And, and the calling of the church is to rise above this with the grace of God, the power of prayer, with the help of our spiritual father, to the sacramental life, to rise above our problems and just be there for the members of our family, even though we'd rather do other things and so on. Um, but also, having said that, um, we can't just be within our Greek we call cliques. We need to um, extend ourselves to all people. Uh, James, in chapter 2, puts it very strictly. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. You know, um, it happens at parishes, probably, probably happens at NOC too, you know, after a, a talk, um, you have coffee. A lot of parishes, we do that after liturgies, we get together for coffee. And it's sort of tempting to just be with the people we're comfortable with. In, in essence, show favoritism, just talk with them. Um, we may, we need a bit of pushing to, we may see someone 
um, who seems lonely. It takes, it takes a bit of effort. I'll, I'll never forget, to my shame, I haven't done this for many years, but when I first started at St. Ioannis, we were doing short courses. Um, we'd do a, a series of six lectures and they were well attended in those days and we'd have a guest speaker. Then we'd always have, the ladies would have some nice um, refreshments for us afterwards and people would socialize. And I still to this day um, remember someone who said to me, we were one-to-one -one, and he said to me, the talks were really good. I really enjoyed the talks. The speakers were excellent, but come to these talks every, I can't remember what, Tuesday, whatever it was. And, uh, but no one would say hello. Um, even during the coffee, I'd have my coffee by myself and no one um, um, sort of, um, no one, and it, it made me feel a bit sad. Um, I don't remember the details. It might have just been once or twice that happened. Hopefully later people did embrace this person. It's many years ago. I can't quite remember the details, but it, it highlighted to me that um, this teaching, this calling of the church to love, we can't show favoritism. It's to all. Um, suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, so if someone's high up in society and we, we're nice to them, but we don't pay a lot of attention to someone who's poor and uneducated or whatever it is, and isn't sort of popular, the Apostle James speaks harshly against that. Here is a good seat for you. We say that to the rich person, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. So the calling here, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is we need to, this calling of love is to be definitely to our families, to those close to us, but also to all people that the Lord brings before us um, and not to go where we're comfortable. The other point I wanted to make in this talk on the, the importance of love is that, um, and, and the, the title of the talk was to comfort one another. Uh, for, for us to be able to do this, a very important skill to learn is we need to learn to listen. Um, and it's huge. Um, the Apostle James said, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Um, we need to learn to give people time, to show empathy, to understand them. It is amazing how therapeutic that can be. We may not have the answers to their problems, but simply if they know that they are understood, if someone feels their pain, that can be therapeutic. They can lessen their pain a lot, even if we haven't managed to solve their, their medical problem, their financial problem, uh, whatever it is that's, that's hurting them. Just knowing there's someone who understands them and is willing to listen to them is huge. A famous physician and author, Paul Tournier, um, it is impossible to overemphasize the immense need humans have to be really listened to listen to all the conversations in our world. They are for the most part, dialogues of the deaf. Uh, 
someone can live with a lot of noise around it, in a very busy family, in a very with a lot of activities and action, but they can be very lonely. I'll never forget the Greek welfare asked me once to give a talk, one of their seminars on suicide. I'd researched it as much as I could. And suddenly there was a bit of an eye-opener for me when I realized that a, a common theme amongst those who sadly, tragically do end their life is that they have they have felt that no one understands them. That may even be cases where, as I said before, they're surrounded by lots of people, but they feel that they've got no one to, to talk to. Having someone who's a good listener can be life-saving. From that Old Testament book that I, I quoted before, the same chapter, it talks about the 10 great blessings. One of them is a father who delights in his children. Uh, the third one, I, I, don't know, I won't quote all of them. A husband who is blessed to live with an understanding wife. Uh, a man who does not sleep with his tongue. The last one is, but there is no one greater than a man who fears the Lord. But interestingly, the seventh one of the ten, 10 blessings is a man who is blessed to speak to ears that listen. That's one of the 10 great blessings, according to this very wise Old Testament author. The other thing, of course, that I have to say in this talk on comfort one another is that we will not we, we need to, to comfort one another. We need to uh, love. We need to be good listeners. But it's not going to work if we are judgmental. Um, unjudgmental um, love is what soothes. And even, I would go so far to say, even if we are in a loving way, um, in, a, in a humble way, telling someone their faults, if deep in our heart we don't have this judgmental spirit, there's a good chance they will benefit from them. And the opposite is true. Even if we treat them with amazing courtesy, oh, lovely to see you, I, I missed you, and show them amazing courtesy. But deep in our heart, we're judgmental of that person. They will feel it. Um, somehow they can pick it. But if we are non-judgmental and have genuine love and we're genuinely humble and genuinely want to help them, doesn't matter what we say, there's a good chance they will be comforted by us. Um, and, and there's many quotes from the scriptures. I'll just put some of them. I'll put a few because I want to emphasize this point. But I know it's emphasized in, in Emerson Kiko, and rightly so. But um, anyway, you know, judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. If we are harsh, we will be judged too. It's amazing. We judge others, we end up falling for the same faults. We, we end up committing the same um, mistakes. And why do you look in a famous way? Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye but do not consider the plank in your own eye? We've all got faults. Um, I who are speaking to you, all of us have faults. Uh, and and it's, 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 why do we find faults in us? Well, why should I find faults in someone else? I should be looking at my own thoughts. The demons, it's the demon's tactic to distract, to distract me from my own faults and, and deter me from my own repentance by making me focus on the faults of others. And, and my experience of life is almost always we do not know the facts. 
how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye, hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Many, many passages, judge not and you shall not be judged, condemn not and you shall not be condemned, forgive and you will be forgiven. James, there is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? Um, it is God's role to judge. I put this last one on judging um, for a reason. Uh, these are the words of Christ himself. Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. So he doesn't ban all judgment, but he says to judge injustice, vicar uh, injustice. There are rare exceptions where sometimes we have to make an assessment. A school principal may have to, for the good of the school, may have to sadly sack some teacher or whatever, or, or we may be in a position of, of responsibility. We do have to make an assessment about one of, one of our workers. Um, but these, these are rare situations. I think what's terribly common is people around us, members of our family, people we work with, we polarize them so-and-so is lazy or so-and-so is arrogant or this person is selfish or whatever. Um, we jump to conclusions and it's, it's a tactic of the demons to distract us from our own faults. And, it, and because of this, we, we cannot serve our fellow man because um, and they feel it. No matter how hard we try, we, 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 are, we think we are hiding it. Um, and we do need to beat this with all our strength. If this thought comes in, um, the church fathers often talk about the spiritual warfare, which is attentive, big father, which is attentiveness. And a, thought, a, a thought of judging someone comes in, we need to repel it and, and with resentment, that, you know, that, resentment that I've had that thought, resentment in ourselves. There are other thoughts of lust or whatever. But judging others is a common one, I think. The thought comes, we need to repel it and just remind ourselves that we do not know the facts. Look at the good qualities in this person and so on. I just added this slide after the very moving words of his eminence, Archbishop Makarios, last night. It was very moving seeing how much he loves his, the patriarch and how he calls him his, his Yeronda. His, um, and one of the things he said, and one of the, he, he tried to explain to us, pass on to us, why he so, um, so much loves and is so close to uh, his old holiness, Patriarch Bartholomew. And he explained that it's because he, the, the Patriarch has a heart, and he quoted that very beautiful passage from the prophet Ezekiel, um, and uh, I was so inspired by that, I last minute I added it to this talk. Uh, and I'm, I'm sorry I've talked for a long time, we've almost finished. Um, so the, the, this great prophet Ezekiel said, for I, 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 will take, I, I will take you out of the nations, I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. This is what I want to stress, that's why I put it in red. 
I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. And what is this new heart he will give us? I will remove, this is what our Archbishop Macarius quoted last night. I will remove from you your heart of stone, Cadvian Lithini, from memory, and give you a heart of flesh, Sakini, I forget the Greek now, I give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people, and I will be your God. He, the title of this talk is to comfort one another. To be able to do that, we need to have karbia, a heart, but not a heart of stone, not a heart that's just logical. We need logic too, don't get me wrong. Um, but what's beautiful to truly comfort one another is to have a soft heart. Karbia, sarkini, I forget the Greek, a, a, a heart of flesh. If we are harsh, um, it's difficult to comfort one another. And our Archbishop Macarius uh, quoted a famous, with a famous um, quote from the Gerondicon, um, from Abba Pambos, the, the, the record I've found. Amegis Sothisi, if you have a heart, you will be saved. Um, and it's a beautiful um, quote. If you have a heart, you will be saved. And interestingly, they asked Father Paisios, because it's, it's a well-known quote. Um, what does this famous saying mean? If you have a heart, you will be saved. And, and, it's, and it's interesting, um, the answer of this Saint Paisios to this question. Um, I remember the first time I came across this quote, uh, to my shame, I don't know why I didn't have come across it earlier. Many years ago, I was at a funeral, a very nice man, and blessed be his memory, Archbishop Stylianos, in his eulogy, made, this man was a very warm, very, very, um, very warm person, had a heart, characterized him. And in his eulogy, um, Archbishop Stylianos quoted this um, quote from Abba Pampo, if you have a heart, you, you can be saved. But interesting, they asked Father Paisios, to expand on this um, saying, and this was the answer of St. Paisius. He said, it means many things. Um, if you love God, if we love, have, we don't just believe in him intellectually, but if we love God, then we'll have a heart. Um, if you have sensitivity and you're not insensible or indifferent to the needs of others, to be aware of their needs, to be sensitive to their needs, this constitutes having a heart. I think he's defining it very well. Um, if you have Carlosini, goodness, then this is this having a heart, a heart of flesh versus a heart of stone. The, il, the, the trailer, the illogic, the, what's, the, what's the noun of illogic? Uh, I can't think, but um, of love, love, it isn't always fully, it, love transcends logic. Um, Calosini, goodness. Um, if you have anecdicotita, forbearance, if you have a heart, even if they hurt your feelings, if you have love, if you have a heart, you, you, you have an, anixetikadiasu, I heard uh, uh, someone I'm very fond of, Bishop Mesoyas talks about 
um, open your heart to people. Um, and he's sort of referring to forbearance, uh, tolerance, forgiveness. Um, then this is not having a heart of stone, but a heart of flesh, a soft heart. Pierre uh, can't translate that word, a bravery, courage, but it's not the same. That's why I didn't translate it. Um, then this is having a heart. There are times um, we need to advocate for people. Um, um, someone may be teased and be someone, someone in, at work, they may be putting them down. And here we need palikaria, courage to speak up for them. If you have a heart, um, you won't stand for it. You, you'll speak up. Um, um, yeah, otherwise, some people need, need an advocate sometimes. They're, they're not whatever. Um, and he, he finished by saying, when we, when we say hard, we do not mean a piece of flesh. We mean having the disposition for sacrifice, noble, archondiki, agapi. Um, and as you know, St. Paisus often talked about philotimo, archondia, nobility. Um, we need this to be able to comfort one another. And, and finally, um, I was asked to talk about um, the power of prayer. Um, I chose on purpose not to put a slide up because I, because I think many of you probably know where I'm, where, what I'm going to say. Um, it's been very moving um, how many people have been praying for one of our, someone very beloved, and you know who I mean, who I can't remember now, two or three weeks ago, we were all expecting to leave this transient world. Um, the monastery did a paraclisi for him that we, many of us followed on Zoom. Uh, many of us have been praying for him. And um, the power of prayer, I, 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 I don't need to say anything because I think, um, because we, we've lived it. God bless you all. Um, I'm sorry if it was stuff that everybody knows. Um, but as I said at the beginning, it's, it's good to be reminded of some of these really basic truths, very basic aspects of our faith. Um, Thank you, Father Dimitri, for reminding us that we can attain communion with God through love and action. And like you said, this requires humility, selflessness, heartfelt prayer, patience, our time, forgiveness of each other, and of course, a heart of flesh sensitive to the needs of others. Thank you, Father.